0: Welcome to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. On today's episode, how Saudi Arabia shocked Argentina and the world by getting a deserved victory. Plus, a quick roundup of the rest of today's action, all this and more coming right up. Welcome back to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. I'm your host, Jake Marchesani, and another great day at the World Cup uh, filled with some real big notable results. Uh, the biggest one was the early game of the day, Saudi Arabia versus Argentina, and we will Dive in detail on that one. Um, I uh, I did not wake up at 3 a.m. to watch the game, but when I did wake up, I woke up to all the news, all the uh, updates on Saudi Arabia upsetting Argentina two to one, and I thought, wow, I have to watch the replay of that game. And we will break that down how Saudi Arabia beat Argentina and shocked the world, and they did get a deserved victory. Uh, today they played great, but before we do, we'll do a quick roundup of the other games uh, because there were three other games and uh, and then we'll look ahead at what we have tomorrow as we look to post a new podcast every day as we're enjoying the World Cup. But first of all, other games of the day, Poland versus Mexico finished nil-nil. It was actually a good game. Uh, you got to see contrasting styles, which you do get a lot in the World Cup. Mexico trying to possess the ball, trying to you know build through their uh, midfield and find their their players out wide. Poland happy to defend. Kind of a 4-5-1 where Mexico was looking a little bit more kind of a 4-3-3 three, three, and um, trying Poland trying to you know kind of counterattack, get some set pieces and they earned a penalty and Memo Ochoa goalkeeper for Mexico saved the penalty. He's in his fifth World Cup. He's a legend in Mexico, and uh, he he built on his legend status. The game was a good game overall. You know, a nil-nil game can be a a real tough game to watch, a bad game, or you can have a nail-biter, a thrilling 0-0 game. We got one kind of in the middle. I would say it was a good game. I watched most of it. It was enjoyable to watch. And they are in Argentina and Saudi Arabia's group. So that group got a whole lot more interesting with the Saudi Arabia win. Um, Poland, Mexico finished nil-nil. So Argentina currently bottom of their group. But lots of games left. Two more games. Anything can happen. And um, I think that Argentina will make some things happen. Then the other game was Denmark versus Tunisia. Also a nil-nil. I only caught the second half. Um, but another good game, uh, Tunisia really dug in, they played really well, Denmark is a really good team, I think they they may struggle to score, they don't have an out-and-out, you know, number nine, but they are a good team, they scored 30 goals in qualifying, only allowed three, so, you know, they're a tough team to play against, and, um, you know, a good game to watch, contrasting styles again, but Tunisia, um, you know, played kind of uh, above themselves, I, I think that... That's kind of a, a theme of the day is some of the underdogs really overperforming, uh as we saw with Saudi Arabia. And then we looked at France versus Australia. That was a route, 4-1 to one France, and uh, they looked really good. You know, the headline for France coming into the tournament was all their injuries. You know, the defending champions, they have Paul Pogba out, uh, N'Golo Kante, uh, they lost Karim Benzema right before the World Cup. Christopher Nkunku. Kunku, uh, they uh, um, Kim Pembe is also out injured. This is you know three starters probably who uh, who are out of the World Cup completely, and they field a team with you know Olivier Giroud, obviously Mbappe, uh, really love um, Tchoumane. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, Aurelian Chichumanani, what a great name. He plays for Real Madrid. He was solid in the center of the park. Uh, Adrian Rabiot had a great game. Uh, and then, you know, they had a, a lot of their core players. And then they bring players off the bench. And you're like, wow, they could have started too. So even with all the injuries and uh, and the challenges and potential setbacks, France is a super deep squad, maybe the deepest uh here uh maybe brazil will challenge them especially in attack brazil super deep in attack i can't wait to watch them on thanksgiving day but wow france what a performance you know they they went down a goal early uh australia was looked ready for the game but quit uh, australia got overwhelmed pretty quickly by um by france i mean australia played a good game i give them credit they didn't give up but france just grew into the game And they really dominated. Once they got their first goal, they didn't look back. Olivier Giroud became uh, the all time leading goal scorer, tied with Thierry Henry for France. Although I'm sure Kylian Mbappe will break that record one day. But they looked really good. And, um, you know, they're not repeating the disaster that they did in 2002 after they won the World Cup in 98. They're looking solid. They look good so far. I think they're going to top their group with ease, and they could make another deep run. France looked really, really good. Okay, let's talk about that game. Saudi Arabia versus Argentina. You know, I picked Argentina to win. I, I It was partially... Um, I picked them to win the whole thing, the whole World Cup. It was partially, you know, I think that they finally figured out how to play with Messi and they've been playing great and I want to see him win a World Cup. So it was those two factors that kind of led me to pick them winning. Um, but they got a real wake up call this morning. I was feeling a little bit under the weather and I did not want to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch the game. So I decided I'll try to catch the replay at some point before the podcast and wow this is a game that you know sometimes when you find out a result you don't really want to watch the game anymore you know, that's why you try to hold off and not hear the score until you get a chance to watch the game right because you want to be surprised you want to know you don't want to know what's coming well it was hard to not know you know everybody was talking about it everything was showing the Saudi Arabia upset and I still wanted to watch the game and it was still a great watch so if you didn't get a chance to watch it that is a game worth watching, even knowing the score. Um, you know how did Saudi Arabia beat Argentina? Well, they deserved the win. It was a combination of really good team defense, uh, intensity, togetherness, a high line actually helped a lot, and um, and work ethic. So it goes to show that when you don't have as much talent, you can make up for it in different areas. And they came ready to play. I heard a a quote that their coach was just motivating them like crazy. They wanted to go eat the grass after they had the halftime talk or something like that. So it was really cool. And, you know, credit to Saudi Arabia. They came in with a game plan and they took it to Argentina. And it was interesting. It had kind of a feel of a March Madness college basketball game where the 15th seed beat the number 2 seed. You know, it just it had a lot there was a lot of Saudi Arabia fans at the game because of course Saudi Arabia borders Qatar. There was a lot of Argentina fans at the game because Argentina fans travel well for the World Cup. So the the atmosphere was absolutely electric. You could feel it in your TV in your living room watching and the guy and the commentators commented on it several times. And so You had that going for it, right? The atmosphere was electric. There was a lot of fans cheering for both teams. And it just had that vibe where the team that is the lower seed is just playing their best game ever, right? That's what it takes. They're playing their best. And it's not that Argentina was playing really bad. I didn't think they played bad. They just couldn't quite figure out how to get uh, a, a breakthrough, and so first of all, first half you see Saudi Arabia coming out with a very high line defensively, and they were looking to you know play kind of an offsides trap and 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 but also limit the space that Argentina could play in because when you have a high line and there's not a whole lot of room to work, so you're condensing the space. You have a back four. And then you had you know, kind of the five, four or five players ahead of them and then kind of one up top. They kind of rotated. And so you got a lot of players in a small, compact space. It's very hard to move the ball in that area. So you saw Argentina, uh, it, it, they weren't really getting in a the rhythm. They were kind of passing. They'd have a center mid be close to the back four. He'd get the ball. He'd play it back to them. They'd kind of work it around a little bit. And they weren't really getting a good rhythm. Messi wasn't getting involved very well. Saudi Arabia had an eye on Messi the entire time. They had they had somebody keeping track of where he was. And they really suffocated a lot of the space. So then what you see is, okay, so the Argentina tries to clip balls over the top. Now, what happened was Argentina was came out strong okay they got their penalty leo messi scored he had another opportunity even earlier in the game that got saved and so they're up 1-0 and they but then saudi arabia responds by getting up the pitch looking to create activity looking to create something and they didn't just sit back and then you see that argentina scored a goal that got called back for offside so it was like 2-0, but then they breathe a sigh, of, a sigh of relief, and they get it called back. So um, so you're, you're wondering, right, is the high line going to be feast or famine, right? Is it going to be – it's a brave strategy. Is it going to backfire on Saudi Arabia? But credit to them. They stuck to their game plan. And what, what ended up happening with Argentina was you saw it a lot from Di Maria. He was just kind of lining up like – out wide, putting his hand up, like, you know, just send a just send a ball over top, send the ball over top. And I thought that was weird from a veteran like Di Maria because Argentina kept getting caught offside, kept getting caught offside. They scored three offside goals in the first half. One was really close. Uh, like, Mar- Lataro Martinez, his arm was offside. And, you know, under older rules, they got this really – incredible technology that looks better than the VAR um and so it, you know it looked like it, he got his arm was offside so he's offsides under any older format i think that goal would have stood the other two were pretty clearly offsides but that one i think would have stood and, and it could have been a different game that way needless to say uh saudi arabia was was catching them offsides and the Argentina wasn't dealing with it. When you have a team playing a high line, you have to change your runs, okay? Right? You have to you need to bring some players back a little bit and you need to make runs from the midfield. You need to bring a forward checking back and you need to bring a run through the midfield so that you can time it way better and it's a lot harder to get called off sides when you're doing that. But they weren't Argentina wasn't really adjusting quick enough to the to the tactics that they needed to um, to do uh, if you're playing a high line and that's why they got caught offside so many times so you got to change it up they were planting five players up on the line on that high line with the argent with the saudi arabia back four or five and not really making you have to it's like pistons in a car right one is firing and one is retracting you have to have a player dropping in the middle and a player running up, and then them switching, right? You have to have more of that type of movement. Most of the attacking players for Argentina were just kind of chilling on the front line and trying to just make a little run where they could time it and curl it. Well, it didn't really work. And Saudi Arabia came out at halftime down 1-0. And the interesting thing about that was at halftime, I really forgot that Argentina were winning. Because Saudi Arabia played really well. A lot of attention was brought to their high line, their back line. You know, of course, they caught uh, Argentina, I think, seven times offsides in the first half. So they were doing really well. And what I loved about how Saudi Arabia played was they defended really well. You know, there's a little bit of a knock against defensive football. But I want to make the distinction. There's parking the bus. And sitting back and defending and absorbing pressure and trying to spring on the counterattack, which frustrates a lot of better teams and uh, sometimes you know, gets called out for ugly soccer or you know, um, uh, negative football pessimistic but um but what Saudi Arabia did was they truly defended. That is part of the game. It's a great and lost art, I think of the game. We're looking more – we see more press defending, right? Teams are pressing. But again, we talked about it yesterday. You can't do that as much in the national team and at the World Cup because you don't have as much time to coordinate and build your pressing strategy. But you had in Saudi Arabia a team that bought into a defensive organization – and they defended as a unit. They defended as 10 players in the field, right? And then their goalie. So let's call it 11 because he made some great saves. And he was involved in the game as well. So they, they were had an eye on Messi at all times. They were defending, truly real defending. And then they took their opportunities. That's the thing about the World Cup is the worst team can get one or two opportunities and you got to finish. If you don't, you're not going to get that many. And Saudi Arabia finished and their second goal was brilliant. A great finish. And they deserved the victory. And it was a great game to watch. I'd encourage you Argentina were pressing. They were pressing in the, in the second half and they couldn't find their goal. And they came close. But uh, I think it was a wake up call for Argentina. Well played to Saudi Arabia. I really enjoyed watching that game. If you didn't get to watch it, it's worth watching the replay. Just it's a, it's a fantastic game of football, the best game of the tournament so far, and we're only on really the second day. So, so much more to look forward to. This was a great match, and uh, I'd encourage you, watch it if you get a chance. Um, we got another four coming tomorrow. It's going to rapid fire every day. It's my favorite time of the year. Is when the World Cup comes on every four years. So, guys, thank you for listening. We're gonna post every every game or every game day, hopefully, and um, we we hope that you come in next time. Uh, keep your eye out on social media. We're gonna do some breakdowns of different tactics and different goals of throughout the tournament. So that's gonna get ramped up. Listen every day. Uh, follow us. Subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate you listening, and remember, know thy soccer. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Socrates Podcast. Special thanks to GridLab for providing the music and the artwork for today's episode. Socrates Podcast is a production of Ball Watchers FC.